So, Father, as we dive into this this morning, as we take a look at what your word has to say, God, I just pray that your presence would continue to linger and that you would continue to speak to us, each and every one of us, through the message this morning and through your word, Father. And I just ask that the message that that comes forward, Father, again, it's from you. Um, I just ask that you lead me and guide my words, Father, today. In your name, amen. So, last week, before I really look at this, last week, kind of left you with a bit of a downer. I mean, yes, there was some encouragement on how to resolve things and whatnot, but there was conflict that arose within the church, and they went through a process to resolve it, and then they moved on. And we saw that even though conflict does arise, there are God-honoring ways that we can deal with it. But I don't want to leave you there because it is a little bit of a downer. It just doesn't feel quite complete. I wanted to provide you with some encouragement. And after what we just read, you might be thinking, well, are you crazy? How are you going to give us encouragement out of this? So what we're looking at now, this week, um, Paul wanted to go back to the churches that they had established to see how things were going and offer encouragement, which are all very good things to do um, when we're involved with church planting and missions and whatnot. Um, that's a whole other conversation, though, around continuing on missions and making sure that it's not just a short-term thing and kind of drop, here you go, and move on and never go back. That's a whole other thing. In that process, Barnabas told, uh, told Paul that he wanted to bring along Mark. So Mark had gone with them when they had initially left and gone around and um, done their mission trip. But there's, there's a little bit of history here. So Mark had gone with them. Paul didn't feel it was a good idea to take him this time because Mark's time with them last time ended rather abruptly. Through part of the trip, all of a sudden, he dropped off. Um, we're unclear as to what exactly the details are with him leaving the, the group, but he dropped off. So we know that Paul is now apprehensive about taking Mark with them and uh, uh, having him join them on this round. So because of this, we then see a disagreement, and Paul and Barnabas, or sorry, not Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas and Mark sail off to Cyprus. And then Paul and Silas end up traveling through Syria and Cilicia. And that's pretty big. That's the end of an era. When you think about the early church and the expansion, Paul and Barnabas are, it's Paul and Barnabas. It's Batman and Robin, right? It's, it's that dynamic duo, and they're being split up, and, and it, it appears that they're being hostile to each other. But we have to look at the whole story. Is this really how it all plays out in the end? So let's take a, a closer look at what we know. First off, we need to understand that Mark here, John Mark, that they're talking about is very likely the writer of the Gospel of Mark the disciple of Jesus. And based on what we know 
of his account from the Gospels, so based on how um, people wrote at the time and whatnot, there, there's something in there that we can make an educated guess as to a bit of uh, Mark's character, that he was possibly a little bit of a quitter and a coward. And the reason for that is when you, when you look at the account of uh, when Jesus was arrested, um, there was a young man who ran away, and they grabbed his, his robe as he ran away, and he ran away naked. So the reason that we can assume that this is Mark is the writers of the time, if they were writing about themselves, they would often include an embarrassing story in there, and they wouldn't name the, the character that they were talking about. So they don't, he doesn't actually name this person, this young guy who ran away naked. So he, he ran away in the face of, as they all did, mind you, but in the face of Jesus' arrest. Um, I shouldn't say they all did because Peter did stand up with the sword, I guess, right? Um, he was being a little more brash. But Mark ran away. Um, that, that quitter and coward sort of mentality is what's often attributed to Peter as well. Um, we see that happening because Peter, again, failed on many occasions. Denied Jesus multiple times. Um, he just second-guessed Jesus' words multiple times. But these are important things to be aware of. The next time that we see Mark, he's blowing off his missionary trip right in the middle of it in, in Acts there. Again, we don't know what transpired exactly, but we do know that on that trip, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, on that trip, they faced a fair amount of spiritual warfare as they were going through. They encountered a lot of different things. Um, they, were, they were even being counted as gods in one place, if you remember correctly, Zeus and Hermes, right? So they, they encounter all kinds of things, and uh, it's likely a lot, of, uh, a lot of scholars actually speculate that Mark was spooked on this trip because of what was going on. So regardless, we see that he walked away again. Conflict can often seem like failure. When we end up um, conflicted over things, it can seem like a failure. Uh, but we also see redemption in that. Because here, so Mark repeatedly fails. He's constantly conflicted with himself, with Jesus, with Paul and Barnabas. There are things going on constantly. And we could just leave it at that and note that sometimes people fail. Again, I've been saying it for the last few weeks, we're all human. We're flawed, imperfect humans. We fail. But then we would miss a huge argument that's offered from the New Testament, and that is that failure is not the end. Failure is not the end of things. These continual conflicts that Mark met with and failed to walk out of well would have deflated most of us. I know for myself, that's, that's a huge thing. I'm like totally anti-conflict. I hate conflict. I shrivel up from conflict. Um, a lot of us would rather just bow out and retreat to the forest, drinking pine needle tea and hanging out with chipmunks. But that's not what 
we end up seeing happening with Mark. When we actually look at Mark's story, we don't end up seeing that. Barnabas wants to give Mark another chance to do the work to which he was called. He wants to take him along again. It's an amazing example that shows that even when we let somebody down, there's still room for that relationship to do things for God. And that's really important to note. Because we can get in our heads a lot of times and say, I'm not worthy. I can't possibly be used for the good of the kingdom anymore. Peter later acknowledges Mark in 1 Peter, indicating that he was working in Rome under Peter's direction. So even though Peter had failed and could have gotten in his head, or not Peter, sorry, Mark, could have gotten it in his head that he just wasn't going to keep doing ministry, he kept trying. He knew he was called to it. He kept trying. He worked on himself. He worked in Rome under Peter's direction. Peter, who is considered the father of the, the early church, right? He worked under Peter. So to go on to do this work after struggling to meet expectations is quite impressive. It's not like he had an amazing track record. He, he had this amazing long resume of all these great things that he had done, and he was so qualified for the job. It wasn't that, but God qualified him. So when you're beaten down by conflict, how often do you actually want to get back up and into the ring? And it's not even just conflict. If we're beaten down again by spiritual warfare, which is conflict in itself, when we're beaten down by anything, how often do we feel like getting back up and continuing to fight? The even bigger proof that Mark didn't let his ministry just end right there is actually uh, uh, later in recognition from Paul. Paul, who was opposed to Mark joining them on the trip. So remember, there's a great conflict that caused um, the leading missionary duo, again, pretty much, of the time to separate, uh, go their separate ways, and that it revolved around Mark. In 2 Timothy 4.11, we see Paul recognizing Mark. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. During one of Paul's darkest, most discouraging times, he's asking for Mark to join him. He is one of Paul's most trusted ministry partners. Even after disagreement where he didn't want him coming on a trip, a missionary trip with him. There was still a relationship there. Failure isn't the end. Mark's ministry went on to do great things, so much so that Paul called on him. So then we see that even though Mark had encountered um, and been the source of conflict and then had seemingly failed in his calling, which sometimes we all feel like we do, um, it wasn't the end of his ministry. There's another important thing to note from this passage. 
verses, the end of verse 39 to 41. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Take note here that the church didn't implode because of this conflict that arose. They continued to do the work of God. We actually see that the missionary efforts were doubled out of this. We went from one missionary group going and doing things in various parts to one group went this way, one group went this way. The missionary efforts were doubled out of this. The two main people went separate ways, and they each brought with them someone new to train up. God will always, always use things to further his kingdom. We might not see it. We absolutely might not see it. And sometimes we choose not to see it. But God will always use things to further his kingdom, even if there is hurt involved. And it's important to realize that they didn't create their own factions as a result of this. We see Paul writing letters to the churches later on. Right? Throughout his life, he continues to encourage all the churches. So it wasn't, these ones are Barnabas's churches, these ones are Paul's churches. That's not what happened here. And we also see that there was still a relationship that existed because of what we saw in 2 Timothy. We saw that Mark was being called on by Paul. So even after they went their separate ways, Mark was still a part of Paul's life. So although Paul and Barnabas had a sharp disagreement, God's work didn't end. We can often see conflict as a way out, right? We can see it um, as a reason to pull back and withdraw from ministry. Or worse yet, we can use it to push others out of ministry, and that's, that's not okay either. And when, note that when I talk about ministry, we're talking professional ministry, pastors and whatnot, but we're also talking about your own personal ministry in your day-to-day lives, in your jobs, at home. We can withdraw from that because of these things. But none of it is what God has intended for us. Even when conflict arises, we're called to unity. And we see that in Ephesians 4, 15 to 16. You guys might note that I refer to Ephesians a lot. And after preaching on it last summer, I'm actually just in love, in love with Ephesians because it has so much good stuff. I know the whole Bible does, but Ephesians really does. Ephesians 4, 15 to 16. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So friends, conflict is not the end. And that's what we need to realize. We need to realize failure and conflict don't define us. It should not be the end 
of ministry. It should not be the end of our relationship with God. Now, that doesn't mean that people are going to stay in the same churches forever by any means. But we, we need to move as being led by the Spirit with a right heart. A lot of the different denominations and faith traditions out there come because of conflicts that have happened repeatedly over the last 2,000 years. And it's God called us to be one body. So we need to move as being led by the Spirit and with the right heart. So we talked about being called into other ministries a couple of weeks ago, and I used the example of Keith going into um, the ministry, Keith McEwen, that he's in now. We follow what God is leading us to do, but shouldn't use that as our, re- uh, as our reasoning in times of conflict. Because that's dangerous when we just start to say, oh, I'm leaving because God's calling me to something else. When in reality, in our heart, it's, oh, this person hurt me. So I'm just going to find a reason to go. That's, that's a no-no. We shouldn't be doing that. So an example of, of healthy separation would be um, a church that I know of in Vancouver. Um, they were involved in a church plant. So they had decided that they would send out a portion of their congregation as the seed for the plant. Um, essentially, they were going to take 50 members of their con- congregation and plant them into this other community to be the start of the new, this new church. Um, during the process, they felt that it was important to have a conversation with their congregation before asking for volunteers to do this. And I really like this because what they did is they explained that it was important that no one choose to go this route to get out of this congregation because of an existing conflict that existed. And the reason for this is that the, the plant would have been doomed right from its birth. If the seed was no good because there is bitterness, the seed would have died. And it wouldn't have been able to sprout. Bad seed doesn't sprout. So when we move on to new ministries carrying bitterness, there's, there's not really a lot of room to let God work in there. And we see a good uh, example of this in what we've looked at today. Clearly the relationship wasn't severed. The relationship carried on. Paul asked for Mark in the midst of his, one of his darkest times. If you're depressed and in jail, you really think you're going to go back and invite the guy that you don't like because he left you at some point? Probably not. They had a relationship still. However, he had become uh, one of Paul's most trusted ministry partners. And it shows us that we ended up uh, we ended up in this story with a healthy separation. And from what we've we've looked at, it led to a church ministry effort that grew. So as I said, this week is meant to be something of an encouragement after a bit of a downer week. Even though we walk through difficult times. They aren't the end. Failure, shame, disappointment, conflict, they don't define our lives. 
who defines our lives? Jesus, right? They don't end our ministry. They don't grant us an out of what we're being called to. Jesus provides us with a chance and another chance and another chance and another chance sometimes. He'll give us as many chances as we need to get things right when we're in conflict with him. He restored Peter after his failure. He forgave Saul after his unbelief. He provides us with grace so that we can understand forgiveness and restoration. If you recall from Ephesians, we talked about that. Jesus restores. There's restoration within the body when Jesus is involved. So conflict isn't the end, friends. Otherwise, we would have been doomed in the garden. There was conflict from the onset, and we wouldn't have a chance today. Jesus died so that we had a chance to move past it. So as we move to the table, let's remember today that we're one body. As joined together by the Spirit, we have the Spirit in common. There's nothing that God can't overcome. Our God is the God of the impossible. And even, even conflict between those in his family. I'm sorry, I know I fight with my brothers and my sister. My kids fight. But we can't overcome that stuff on our own, but God can. We are his family. We are brothers and sisters in his body, his one body, we can, we can get through it because God can overcome it. So, Father God, as we move to the table this morning, I just ask that you would have this message clear in our hearts, Father, God, that the difficulties that we're going through, whether it seems like failure, whether it's conflict with one another, Father, that these things are not the end. They're not the end of our ministry. They're not the end of our relationship with you. God, they're not the end of our relationship with others. Father, help us wrap our heads around that that these things don't define us, that these aren't things that should be separating us, Father, but that we should be turning to you in all things and remembering what you did for us on the cross, that you extended grace and forgiveness and reconciliation, and that, Father, we're to extend the same thing to others.
So, Father, as we enter into this time of remembering what you did for us, I just ask that you would be present and that you would help us really remember. In your name, amen.